friends, you're listening to Untethered Podcast, and I'm your host, Katie Vogel. The vision for Untethered Podcast is to create an opportunity for you to have a fresh perspective on life's hard seasons. Whether we know it or not, God is at work in every season of our lives, and no matter what we go through, He still has freedom and purpose for us in the midst of it, even if we don't see our lives change when or how we want them to. Every episode of Untethered is a conversation between me and an amazing woman who's been through some stuff and learned to navigate difficulty with grace. And I hope that whether you're on the road running an errand or cooking dinner or waiting for soccer practice to end or taking a breather after a long day at work, you feel like you're sitting right next to us and sharing this experience with us. My guest today is Ellen Ortiz, and she's a newlywed wife, an executive assistant in the business sector, and a survivor of an undiagnosed health issue that took over her life for nine years. Ellen is a walking miracle and a go-getter, and I'm really excited to get to share her story with you. I hope that in hearing Ellen talk about her journey, you'll be encouraged by the truth that even if you feel like there's no end in sight for the difficulty you're walking through, you can be closer to God than ever before. Here's my conversation with Ellen. Oh, and be sure to listen through the end because I have some really exciting news to share in the middle of this episode. Well, hey, Ellen. Hey, Katie. Thanks so much for coming on Untethered Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm glad to be here. So why don't we just jump in? All right. You got married not very long ago. I did. It was about seven months ago we got married. That's so exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, It was the best day. It was so pretty. It was beautiful. Hot, but beautiful. It was very hot. (laughs) Middle of June. But it just was exactly when it needed to be. Mm-hmm. So how's married life? It's good. I mean, it's hard sometimes, but it's it's fun. We we had some constructive conflict today. <laughs> it's funny where our um, the pastor that married us will will run into him, and it's always we always run into him on a day we've had a really good fight. <laughs> how's the marriage going? We had a great fight today. It was awesome. <laughs> really healthy, conflict. really healthy conflict, and we're we fought right, and we're so proud of ourselves, and it's great. So, but that's just that's just your first year of marriage, just learning how to live together and be patient with one another and learn quirks. Yeah, and we're loving it. <laughs> what kind of things like? Is there kind of a common thread? Yeah, that causes the little spats. Laundry, <laughs> we both hate it. So, oh yeah, it's just we've got to come together and be a team. And, <laughs> and then we both get frustrated when it's not done. <laughs> it's it's silly things, really. Yeah, it's little things. You know, I married a long time bachelor. Mm-hmm. You know, Luke was gosh, he was thirty six when we got married. So like we're nine years apart. Yeah, and so when he realized how I do laundry he was like okay okay (laughs) she doesn't know much about life (laughs) he had to teach me about um he gets mad when I don't like let the soap completely dissolve in the water first before I put clothes in yeah that (laughs) takes patience and waiting yes I'm like I have the clothes ready right now and I just want to throw them in so that I can walk away yeah. And not think about this anymore. Well, Andy doesn't sort laundry, so oh. that's there's an issue there. We had to overcome that hurdle. <laughs> Jump over that Can one. Can have some clothes turn colors? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and you know, like, your, your nice 
athletic wear you're not supposed to put in the dryer right. yes the very expensive kind yes. and you know I run I'm, I'm pretty serious about long distance running so I need I need nice athletic wear for the endurance part of that and um it's not so great when the elasticity gives away which is what happens when you put it in the dryer yes. Um, so those were some, <laughs> so you have some loose fitting running. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think once isn't going to kill them, but you know, a habit of putting your athletic wear in the dryer is not good. So we've had to overcome a few hurdles yeah, like that. Silly things. Like that. I'm yeah. not taking the running pants to heaven with me. It's all good. Yes. But I would like to have them, a, you know, nice shape day. on earth. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so. That's good priorities. Yeah. I guess. Right there. It's right good, there. uh. Eternal um, perspective? Yeah, perspective. <laughs> perspective, exactly. So, trying that's to keep, awesome. Just trying to keep that. Well, I'm so excited for you in this new season. Um, so, we are about to start a new small group semester. Mm-hmm. And are you leading Freedom again? I am. I am leading Freedom. Why don't you let everybody know a little bit about what Freedom is and why you've led it as long as I've known you yeah. and for way, way longer than that. Yeah. So, Freedom Ministry is... One of the most objective, straightforward ways to walk through all the areas in our life where the enemy can hold us in bondage. It's a 12-week small group that just walks through scriptures that are speaking truth, that combat all these lies that the enemy throws at us. And at the end of that uh, 12-week small group, you've made friends, Mm -hmm. and you get to go through this conference, and the conference is is really 50% of the experience because you get prayer over each topic, um, whether that's lordship, fear, and anxiety, and then um, you know, there's just different areas where, like that, where the enemy mm-hmm. can hold us in bondage, and um, you get prayed for specifically. And even if it isn't one of your stronger issues, it's still nice to receive blessing in that area. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it's it's really great, and that for me was so healing for me just in in relationships and having other women alongside of me that I that I trusted and who were in my corner and who were fighting for me and who were speaking truth into my life um, it came in a really opportune season for me and um, was really instrumental in that next year going into leading that ministry as well mm-hmm. so why was it such good timing that year so the end of 2009 was the end of um, a very long <laughs> journey in in my life, mainly dealing with health issues. And you know, you think, oh, you're dealing with health issues. How is how is a small group healing? But there's so much that um, goes into the health issues I was dealing with, and it, it was an emotional and exhausting journey. And relationships were strained through that. Mm-hmm. Um, and difficult at times. And and life, you know, whether you're sick or not, life is hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we, we all go through different experiences. You know, that was coming to the end of that, that journey and the Lord was preparing me um, for some really, really cool stuff on the on the healing side. Mm-hmm. So I was getting spiritual healing right before I got my physical healing. Mm-hmm. So the physical healing came after? Yeah. Um, will you tell us a little bit about your physical um, sickness, your journey with all of that? Yeah, so um, a few years into school, I was doing well as a very athletic child, and track was my thing. I loved to run, and so I excelled in that, and actually by the time I was in ninth grade, I was leading our team, you know, as a freshman in track and field and, um, and even in cross country, 
So um, that was that was my stre- strength. I was this athlete, really healthy mm-hmm. um, by all appearances. And that ninth grade year, I just dove in and really gave everything to the Lord. I was very much on fire and just felt like the Lord was calling me into ministry and didn't know what it would look like. I just just had this really close connection with the Lord. <clears throat> so I found myself at 14, 15 years old, very, um, very close with the Lord, very on fire, and then athletically having this this great career as a freshman. You know, we won state and cross country and track, and I got to lead the team in both of those. And it was it was awesome until May of that year. So we finished up track, and my last few track practices, I had started just I got really dizzy, and I had to sit down, and um, things were not right something was off but I kind of pushed you know as an athlete I pushed through Mm -hmm. and throughout the course of that summer my health in general just began to decline I think the the day my mom knew it was serious was when I slept 17 hours woke up and went to cheerleading practice and I fell asleep in the bleachers I was exhausted and we had no idea why so that started this kind of three-year journey freshman sophomore junior year of being in and out of doctor's offices all sorts of tests sleep deprivation um I got the dye and I did the MRI and the CAT scan I mean mean, they're testing me from leukemia to thyroid disorder you name it the main Um, symptom was just complete exhaustion 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 and it was making me very emotional Sure. Um, I know, of course. Yeah, I mean, very emotional and, and irrational at times. And you're going through all those hormonal changes at that age anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just I was not myself. I was a zombie. And they couldn't really figure it out. So, you know, you have to, the medical world works on process of elimination. And so they put me on Lexapro thinking, okay, maybe it's just depression. And she's chemically imbalanced. And it's the serotonin levels are off, you know, like. That's that's it. And so, like, the Lexapro took the edge off for, like, three weeks, and then it stopped. Like, mm-hmm. there's, it was doing nothing. And so I went through a series of, like, Lexapro, Zoloft, you know, all those things. And they, I mean, the doctors did everything they could. You know, you look at pictures of me around that time, and you can kind of see my decline. I was just getting more tired and more thin and more sickly looking. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't have energy. The worst day, I remember, I just, I, cu- I couldn't tell my mom what was wrong with me. I just, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I'm so exhausted. I, I can't get out of bed. Um, I can't explain to you. It's not like I have a broken arm and I can and show you, right. but I'm having these really horrible shocks in my head. Mm, um, like flashes? Like, like electric shocks, mm. really. And they hurt, and then I get really tired afterwards, and I'm having panic attacks, and because I thought I was dying. I'd sit right. in class and have a shock in my head that, I mean, and I'm not talking like mm, a pinch. I'm talking like, I feel like electricity is going off in my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there were days where I felt fine. That was the weird part, but I still didn't. I wasn't myself. So this is three years of just what's going on. We'll try this. It's not that. Um, and I mean, three years is a long time for doctors not to have the answers. So anyways, the worst day, I couldn't explain it. I'm laying on my parents' bedroom floor just sobbing, like, what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Fix me, you know? And um, those conversations and those times with my parents, you know, 
my mom will tell you to this day that like we walked through hell on earth in those seasons on this side we all say we wouldn't trade it because there's a moment in in all of that where the doctors didn't have the answers and my parents couldn't do anything about it i had no energy to keep up relationships with friends which moved so quickly in high school you know right. like i had didn't have that energy my sisters couldn't figure out what was going on because we didn't know what to tell them. You know, like, Ellen's sick, but we don't know with what. Sorry. And so I found myself in this place in my mid-teen years where literally the Lord was all I had. And in that place, I figured out that He's all I need. Um, and I think I think the big climax to that really tough part of the journey came at a moment where I was 17 years old and had just it just felt like it was going on forever. I go back, I can't even read my journals from that time because it, it's too painful. Mm-hmm. Um, especially the one where I can't even read my own handwriting because my hand was shaking so bad. Like I remember that day. I could not write, but I was just I just wrote, help me Lord. Mm-hmm. Just help me. And I I remember very vividly I laid face down across my bed. I didn't have energy to move. And I just put my hands out before the Lord and I said, Father, I will not take my life because you gave it to me and it's precious. But I can't go on. Like, I'm, I cannot go on. And Lord, I need you to take whatever this is. I need you to help me. Or I need you to take me home. And I'll be okay. And I got up from that place and I read Psalm 64 and I went to sleep and I didn't know if I would wake up or not because I I literally offered my spirit to the Lord, you know. Mm -hmm. I thought, surely the Lord will take me now. (laughs) And a doctor called my mom that morning and um, she said, Ellen, we're going to go in for an appointment this week. I think we're going to try a new doctor because I think these doctors are missing something. And I've just spoken with somebody that we trust, you know, doctor, and we're going to go try a new doctor and we're going to get his opinion. And I thought, <laughs> well, what's one more opinion? Right. <laughs> and so we, we went into this doctor and he looked at all the things we had done, the sleep deprivation, you know, they tried to recreate a seizure. Because they thought, you know, they thought, well, maybe she's having seizures, you know. And they tried to recreate one, and they couldn't with sleep deprivation. They couldn't find a trigger for it. For um, the, the shocks. In yeah, the, the shocks in my mm-hmm. head. And so they, they're like, I don't know. And so the doctor said, I'm going to, we're going to try something if you're willing, based on my theory that I think you're having micro seizures deep inside your brain that we can't recreate, and we don't know what triggers them but we're going to put you on an anti-seizure medicine that we'll slowly build you up on uh, for six months. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, we'll try something different and we'll know it's not working. You'll have some pretty serious symptoms, <laughs> um, like a rash that'll put you in the emergency room. So that's great. <laughs> but anyways, they um, started me on a drug called Lamictal, which I refer to as the miracle drug because um, it works for me. Um, so over six months, I started building up on this very strong medication until I was at full dosage. <laughs> and slowly I started coming back to life. And I was so thankful for that. 
that doctor and that medication and for his willingness to step out and do that. Um, I still didn't have a diagnosis. So I was an otherwise undiagnosed mood disorder, um, which is really cut and dry, right? <laughs> so I was, I didn't care what the diagnosis was. My seizures stopped. Mm -hmm. um, they came less frequently, I'll say. Mm -hmm. So I, um, I took that medicine and then we started talking about college. College had been out of the question, absolutely out of the question. Um, but I was just fired up about life on this. Um, on this medication. It was allowing me to live. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'd been a zombie for three years. So that was right at the end of my junior year. And gosh, I was so fired up. I had this new chance at life. I was going to live. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I went on a mission trip to China and um, that rocked my world. And I um, started looking at colleges and, you know, I had kind of zeroed in on Samford and Birmingham. And But I remember praying, like, Lord, just I have this new chance at life. Like, you've given me a second chance at life. Like, you didn't take me to heaven that night. And so I ha I'm just going to live every day on purpose. And um, I, wanted you I want you to take me where you're doing the biggest thing. Like, don't take me where you're doing boring stuff. Like, take me where you're doing the biggest thing. And over and over again, I kept getting confirmations for Birmingham. And not necessarily Samford as much as Birmingham. But when I went to Samford and I visited, I loved the people that I met and mm -hmm. the... Um, they were very relational, mm -hmm. and they went to church together, and I thought that's, that's just the cool. one of the prettiest campuses yeah, ever. Yeah, it's beautiful, too, mm -hmm. um, and so I was like, oh, that's the kind of people I want to be around, like, mm -hmm. friends that'll, like, oh, let's go to church together, you know, um, that was exciting to me, so my parents watched my health that next year, and they felt pretty good about you know, me going off to college, and it was a, it was a step of faith. I wasn't off the medicine, you know, I was still on the medicine, and Anyways, came came to Birmingham at age 18, started college, and throughout college, um, my faith was just built more and more and more um, with each moment. My freshman year, I started going to Highlands, and so I started doing small groups and leading junior high small groups and got involved in a prayer group, and um, just through the relationships and those experiences, my faith just continued to grow. And I mm -hmm. started walking more in my identity as Christ defines it, not as my friends or social media or anything else defined it. Um, you know, my whole walk through that illness experience, I believed mm -hmm. that the Lord was going to heal me. Especially after he didn't take me to heaven when I offered up my spirit and said, I'm ready. You know? um, I thought, well, I'm, I'm going to be healed. He's going to heal me. Um, but I knew it was a process. He, he told me it was going to be a process. Mm -hmm. I had had that confirmation. Um, my sophomore year of college, I, I was doing my Bible reading at night. And I'm still taking this medicine. And I said, Lord, like, I know I'm still taking this medicine. I'm thank, I thank you for this medicine. And I would look at those pills. They were the nastiest pills. And, like, like they weren't coated. They're so, I mean, they're the grossest thing. They're bitter, chalky. They're shaped like a shield. Like, <laughs> that doesn't go down the throat well at all. I mean, like, who, like, God bless the person that developed this, but they really need to think on their pill design. Like, <laughs> seriously, a shield shape. That's, like, perfectly to get yeah, lodged in your throat. Do you need to decide 
If it's a perfect shield shape, you're obviously deciding what shape these are. Yeah, I mean, like, seriously, I did. And I think they did that so it would be very distinct from other, because it was very strong. Like, you don't want to, like, accidentally take this stuff. It puts you in the hospital. But it wasn't coated either. It was chalky. And so, like, if you didn't get it all the way down, it's just bad stuff, man. (laughs) Um, But I would look at those pills every time I took them from the very beginning and I would look at those pills and I'd say I'd pray over my pills I'd say thank you Lord for these pills pills I won't take you the rest of my life but you're doing what God has you to do right now and I'd throw them back mm-hmm. um and then so I'd remind the Lord, Lord I know you want to heal me I know you want to heal me this side of heaven I don't want to take these pills forever um my sophomore year I was reading my bible and the Lord just again a download he said this that you're walking through is like a pregnancy, but it's not nine months, it's nine years. And out of this, I'll birth your ministry. And I was like, okay, fine, I'll take that. That's good. You know, like, it's just like, okay, there's an end to this. Mm-hmm. And so, well, like, well, that's, that's a little odd, but I'll take it. I'll take it. And so, um, I kept going through school and we got to 2009, mm-hmm. um, and just because of life circumstances and relationship, I had just had a rough year, 2008, 2009, and the Lord just led me straight to this little small group um, that Andy Fanning was leading. It was her freedom group, and um, she had all of us girls in her little apartment living room. I mean, it wasn't a big living room, and there were like 20 of us in there. <laughs> I would take my little creek seat, you know, the stadium seats mm-hmm. or like creek seats. I would take that and like sit on the floor because there was like nowhere to sit. But anyways, I just I have a distinct memory of just sitting there in my little creek seat in the entire room, just laying hands on me and praying for me. Um, just community, women that came around me and believed in me and spoke life into me. Um, it was very, very healing. But at that um, Freedom Conference that we were talking about earlier, For my group, I got so much, you know, it was great just to be prayed over and everything. But um, I went up and I, when they're talking about healing, um, I said, you know, I have have my miracle. I have medicine, but I truly believe the Lord's going to heal me. And I just would like agreement for that. And they they prayed with me and we agreed. And and as I, I left that experience, I was reading in Matthew there's two accounts I think it's in Matthew and Luke but Jesus sends the disciples out and he's like okay y'all go y'all go pray and heal people and they come back and they're like Jesus we were like saying in Jesus name we've got all these people but there's like this one kid (laughs) and we're saying in Jesus name but it's not coming out like it's not working and Jesus is like when are you guys gonna learn like this kind only comes out with prayer and fasting well the issue that the kid had was seizures and so I was like, hmm, this kid has seizures. Jesus said seizures only come out with prayer and fasting. I will pray and fast. Easy. And so we were coming up on our 21 days of prayer and fasting that we do every January. And I was like, this is my confirmation right here. The Lord's going to heal me. And I'm going to fast. And I'm going to go all in. I'm doing juice and water 21 days. But I'm not stupid. <laughs> so I will go find a doctor <laughs> that will approve this. Because you, you want to be wise. You, know, you step out and Taking faith. strong medicine. Too, yeah, taking sometimes. strong medicine. I mean, if I miss a dose, I need to go to the emergency room and get some kind of medicine. So I found a doctor who went to church with us. 
a doctor who believes in the healing power of God, but is also wise in his practice. And I was going to see him every day at 21 days. So if I was in a place where I wasn't looking so good, he would um, be able to say something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Lord totally sent me that doctor. And that was a, that was a, a faith-building experience, too, because I walked in, and I told him my story, and I told him how the Lord had shown me the scripture. And I said, every doctor I've had has said, I'll, I'll take this medicine for the rest of my life. I shouldn't run marathons and things like that. You know, just, I'll always take it. So <laughs> I just, I told him the story and I said, I want to, I want to do the fast and I, I want to do juice and water for 21 days. I feel convicted to do this. And I was bracing myself for him to say, I just don't think it's wise, Ellen. I just don't think it's wise because other doctors had told me not to fast. And that's not what he said. <laughs> he said, okay, keep a lot of electrolytes flowing. I said, okay, great. Uh, in my mind, I thought, I'll come see you after the fast and we'll, we'll talk about how we evaluate if I'm healed. I even said, I don't even know how I can verify if I'm healed or not because, again, I don't have a broken arm. Mm-hmm. Like, I haven't had a seizure in, I think at that point it had been a year. I had it been a year since I'd had any kind of head shock, as I called it. So he he said, okay, yeah, keep a lot of electrolytes in there. And he goes, okay, you want to start stepping off your medicine today? And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> like, I'm, you know how long I've taken this for like six years? You know, like this is a lot of medicine. <laughs> he said, well, we're going to do a real slow step down. He's like, you're going to, you're on like, 500 milligrams you're gonna have to get down 10 milligrams every two weeks that's a that's like a six month step down basically I I couldn't even believe that he was offering this option so I told him I would start stepping off my medicine the day I started fasting and that's what I did I started fasting and stepped in 10 milligrams off my medicine and then about six months later I was in Germany on a mission trip and it was my mom's birthday, and I took my last pill, and I had some yogurt with my newfound German friends, and we had a little party to celebrate, and I have been healthy ever since. The end. <laughs> it's amazing. I know. It's a long story, but <laughs> it's, it's been incredible. We'll get back to my conversation with Ellen in just a minute, but as I said earlier, there's something I'm really excited to tell you. On episode one, my friend Maddie opened up about her journey with postpartum depression, and I shared a little about my own journey with anxiety and depression, and then my social media inboxes filled with messages from many of you who resonated with the challenges of mental illness. And as I read through them over and over, I saw the phrase, it's so nice to know that I'm not alone. And you guys, that's exactly what this podcast is all about. The enemy wants us isolated in our struggles, and I want to do everything I can to strip that weapon away from him so that all of us can walk in a new level of freedom. As I was thinking and praying about how to continue to foster that sense of community, I was like, well, what if we got everyone together? So on June 21st, we will be holding the first ever Untethered Table dinner event in Birmingham, Alabama. And since the idea was born out of a discussion on mental health, that will be the focus of this particular event. 
We'll have dinner together in a beautiful setting and have the opportunity to dig into the topic of mental illness in a safe environment among new friends who love Jesus and understand what we're going through. After dinner, we'll get to hear from a panel of wise women who can talk through some of our toughest questions. And yes, I'm excited to say Maddie will be a part of that panel. So if you're currently struggling or have previously dealt with mental illness on any level, or you'd like to learn more about it so you can support others well, I'd love for you to be a part. Right now, I need to get an idea for how many women would like to attend so I can choose the right venue. So if you're interested in a seat at Untethered Table, please message me on Instagram at Katie Lee Vogel. That's L-E-E for Lee. I'll put a link to my profile in the show notes. Once I've reserved our venue, I'll announce on Instagram that registration is open. Okay, so Untethered Table, June 21st in Birmingham. Let me know if you want to come. Now let's get back to Ellen. Like you said, I mean, even just physical sickness can take such a toll mm-hmm. on you emotionally. Yeah. Um, what I think is incredible is that I think in, in sickness, and, and I admit that in my seasons of being extremely sick, I got really frustrated or felt like the Lord wasn't with me in those mm-hmm. times. And I think that what's remarkable about you and your story is that you landed on like, He's all I have. Mm -hmm. And I think that's amazing that you were able to walk through three years of just absolute, like, to-the-floor exhaustion. You had Mm -hmm. nothing left to give, and you still felt close to the Lord. (laughs) I mean, how? I think I related to to David a lot. For those three years, I didn't leave the Psalms much. I kind of hung out there. Um... My mom prayed the Psalms over me, specifically. She, I think it's Psalm 13 that starts out, How Long, O Lord? Mm-hmm. And she put my name into Psalm 13 and would pray it. You know, how long, O Lord, will this go on for Ellen? Um, I don't remember a time where I didn't know God as Father. And I, I, I'm very blessed in that. You know, I, I grew up in a home where Scripture was spoken over me every day. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm very blessed in that. And I cannot tell you what it was, except I I knew who my enemy was, and I knew that my enemy wasn't God the Father. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the hardest part about being sick and, and on all that is very lonely. Very, very lonely. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's probably the hardest part of walking through something like that. Um, that and, you know, discerning in those situations what's, physical what's mental and what is spiritual mm-hmm. because the spiritual attack is very real but so is the physiological chemical something's messed up mm-hmm. and so is the physical exhaustion so it's it's very confusing mm-hmm. in that place um like what am i fighting with here yeah am i fighting in the spiritual am i fighting with will with my emotions or am i you have a physical fight here, mm-hmm. you know. It's tough, too, and in the season like yours is bound to be all three. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, what is it now in this moment? Yes. <laughs> yeah, and then what was it two moments ago? Right. You know, very, very difficult. And so that in itself is tiring. And then, you know, try to throw in relationships. Relationships are challenging in themselves. Mm-hmm. And so it's just lonely. So the Lord was your person. He was. <laughs> Holy Spirit. You know, it's interesting. 
you know, we fast to kind of clear the, the things of the world away so we can hear the Lord more clearly. And that, you know, for me, it was like three years of <laughs> enforced fasting, <laughs> you know, yeah. that, the, um, you know, I, I'm not a, I'm not a hyper spiritual person. I'm not one of those demon under every rocks kind of people. But when I look at this hindsight 2020, you know, I made some very strong statements and commitments to mm-hmm. the Lord in the season just before this hit. And there's no, never had a diagnosis. So I just tell people this was Satan's concoction to try to take me out. Mm-hmm. And he lost. From the beginning, he lost. But what else do you call it? Mm-hmm. You know? Uh-huh. But what a testament to that declaration, that foundation of this is who God is, who's who he is mm-hmm. to me, and this is who I am in him. Yeah. Um, and I'm not letting go of that no matter what comes, even though you didn't at the time mm-hmm. know what was coming. I mean, that's just, that is a foundation to stand on when the enemy just unleashes yeah. hell on you. You know, one of the things that when I met you, I was like, I have to be friends with her, <laughs> was... um. <laughs> You're very unapologetically yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, like, I mean, your identity is so solid that you're very carefree. You're not (laughs) kind of walking around self-conscious all the time. And I actually send people, if people are asking me about, like, you know, a freedom leader here in Birmingham, and I'm like, man, if you want to talk about identity with somebody, (laughs) you'd go see Ellen, (laughs) you know, because I just love that you are so confident Mm -hmm. and certain in who the Lord made you to be, Mm -hmm. that you don't really compromise that, and you don't really question it, or it doesn't seem like it to me. Yeah, well, I say this in all humility, because I realize that it is a bold statement, but you cannot shake my faith, because I've been on my deathbed. Mm-hmm. I've been, I've been there. I surrendered my spirit, you know, like I was done, <laughs> and have walked through that time where the Lord was all I had. I know He's all I need. You cannot shake my faith. I know He is who He says He is, and yeah, it it does make me very confident in my faith. You know, it's funny you say that. Um, my confidence is in the Lord, but coming out of being sick, I was pretty rough around the edges because. I wasn't wasting any time, and I was going to live each day on purpose, <laughs> and people who didn't take life seriously, I didn't have time for them, and they needed to get their act together. <laughs> I was just very, um, I was not very gracious towards people. I do remember you, the year that we met, you were like, he is foolish. <laughs> I just used yeah, that word a lot. <laughs> I probably did. I was just rough around the edges because I didn't have patience for people who weren't living on purpose. Mm-hmm. I've lightened up a lot since. <laughs> I'm married into a Cajun family, so mm-hmm. I had no other option. <laughs> and they've, they've done really great things for me in the way of, of lightening up. But it, we all operate through the filter of our experiences. Mm-hmm. And the Lord put me in healthy relationships so that the mirror could be held to me and I could see that I was a little rough around the edges there. <laughs> but I was because I had this new chance at life and I took everything very seriously I didn't have time for foolishness. Mm-hmm. We don't have time for that. We, we have, like, people to introduce to the Lord. We have people to love into the kingdom of God. 
and life is short and you don't know how fragile it is and um, <laughs> if you're just going to be foolish I don't have time for you like I don't have time all you ignorant all people, you ignorant people who have never been on your deathbed yes who have never experienced life I mean it is a bit prideful right I mean it's <laughs> But it, but it's the filter of your experience. Yeah. We all have sure. that. If you've been hurt, rejected by people, you've got walls up, you know. Yeah. And if you've been sick for nine years and all of a sudden you've been healed, all of a sudden you're like, okay, we've got to do everything on purpose. Yeah. Everything on purpose. Let's go skydiving every day. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. And, like, I don't have time for foolishness. No. I mean... What's funny is I married a very carefree, like, goofy, silly Andy, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. It's good balance for it me. It is good for you. It's Absolutely. very good balance for me. But, you know, you don't come out of something like that, like, perfectly squeaky clean. Like, yeah, I was healed. Yeah. And, yeah, I had, you know, that freedom. But, um, you know, we're always in this growing and sanctification Well, mode. but that's what's awesome, Ellen, is that, like, even in that, you're like, this is where I'm at right now. <laughs> and I think that that's such a, it's a posture that I want to take and I want to encourage everyone else to be in as well. That, like, yeah, we're in a process, but, like, where I'm at today is progress. Yeah, it's better than <laughs> when I met in you. my process. Yeah. <laughs> I was calling people fools. Right? Right? No, I mean, like, but even then, it's just like, I'm in a season where I think everybody's really foolish. And, <laughs> you know, and then it, that's going to change too. You know, I think that I can look at my shortcomings, uh, the ways that I don't have the proper perspective right now, and then be able to be like, I know that'll change eventually. <laughs> and and to be able to be just confident in the fact that the Lord's going to take you from glory to glory. Mm-hmm. That he's going to take you from the place that you're in and bring you higher and yeah. to better. And the glory that you're in right now is sufficient <laughs> for this moment. Yeah. Because he's going to keep going in you. So. Yeah. You know, for me, again, it was getting in healthy relationships. Mm-hmm. And... Golly, I mean, you know, this is your story, too. You know, praying for those healthy relationships, and they're few and far between. I mean, it's not every day the Lord sends you a Katie Parker Vogel, you know, <laughs> or, like, those friends are, are sweet to have, and um, I'm really thankful for those, you know, those relationships that the Lord did bring to bring me into further healing and, mm. and more and more healing. And yeah. So. We do heal each other mm-hmm. um, in those in those. Definitely. Those divinely appointed relationships. And in our marriages, even in the midst of laundry fights. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll get it done. Oh, we'll get it done. Well, I really appreciate you sharing that part of your story. And um, there are three questions that I want to make sure I ask everybody that comes on the podcast. So I wanted to know what you're dreaming about right now. Well, you know this, but I am recovering from a running injury. <laughs> Right before I got my running injury, I made the goal of, um, I'm going to announce this publicly, I want to qualify for Boston Marathon. I really do. It's like my two or three year goal. Because like, you can't do it in like a month. You know, you got to yeah. train for that. So Ellen, that's amazing. So I want to qualify for Boston once. Um, and then I'll be done with that. And then I think I'm going to switch to trail running. But we'll see. Um, I, I don't know. But I want to... Um, yeah, I want to work my way there healthfully yes. and um, correctly. And so it's going to take some time, but that's what I'm dreaming of right now is, that's is awesome. you know, and we're newlyweds. We're dreaming about everything, but personally, I'm dreaming about Boston. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, 
That will be so fun. I may have to come. Yeah, <laughs> come along. Come Cheers. watch a run. I'll, I'll bike next to you. I do welcome bike buddies in training on well, long runs. that would be me because Lord knows I'm no Ellen Davis when it comes to running. That's so nice. Ellen Ortiz. So yes. Newlywed. <laughs> so, um, specifically, what has brought you joy this year mm-hmm. and then this month and then this week? Oh, man. Okay. So this year, what has brought me joy? Well, marriage certainly has brought lots of joy. Um, but also, you know, this is a whole different part of our story, but my husband, Andy, lost his brother to cancer um, a few years ago. And so, you know, grieving Sid has been um, quite the process for the family. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. it's not right to bury a 16-year-old. And so um, that's just been a hard um, journey for our family but on the Lord is so good and so sweet. And so on the flip side of that and the, the very long healing process side of that, there have just been leaps and bounds um, for Andy's siblings and for his parents. And so that's brought me so much joy this year. It's just a new season. Mm. Um, we miss it so much. Um, all of us do. And so it's it's hard to like, I think there's a lot of guilt, I think, maybe for people who are um, moving forward after grief, but it's so, it's so good. And mm-hmm. it's, I think you feel the joy more deeply after such a loss. And so we're, we're moving into new seasons and Andy's siblings are rocking their sports and they're doing great and his parents are doing good. And so it's just, it's been joyful for me in the last weeks and months to, to see them doing well not just doing well but like really thriving it's so. awesome yeah I've gotten to watch just kind of from afar on Facebook I follow Andy's mom and it's cool to see the new season that they're walking into it's really great yeah what about this week no oh, this month this month <laughs> um let's see this month We've been planning our summer and, like, all of our travel and something like that. We're trying to travel before we have kids come on the scene. Um, <laughs> we tried to do Yeah, that. we know. <laughs> we, we're we, doing that post-baby yeah, now. Yeah, you know. Just <laughs> the, Lord, the Lord works in mysterious ways. He does, indeed. Um, so we've we've got some fun travel planned for this year. Where are you going? So, well, we're going to go to um, California. That's, That's our big trip. That's yeah. our big trip to marriage camp. <laughs> <laughs> JH Ranch? Yeah, well, it's an affiliate of JH Ranch. Okay. It's, um, it's called Scott River Lodge, mm-hmm. so that was a um, big Christmas gift for us. We're going to go to a week-long marriage thing at Scott River Lodge and whitewater raft and hike and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So It's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be fun. But everything you do there, it sounds like camp, but you go with your spouse, so I've been calling it marriage camp. <laughs> they probably wouldn't like that, but whatever. <laughs> You do you. Yeah, I do me. <laughs> and what about this week? Um, I haven't really thought about my week, Katie. <laughs> I took it a day at a time. You made cookies today. I did make cookies today. And they were really refined because they had walnuts in the Yeah. Bowl. <laughs> well, you know, I'm trying. I'm. This is kind of exciting. It just, I mean, I'm not one of those, like, here's, here's my new, like, eating thing. I don't have a food blog or anything. But I'm trying this new way of eating that's supposed to be really good for my distance running and so I have all these new recipes that I'm trying that are like high fat low carb like teach your body how to use the right kind of energy when Mm -hmm. you're running long distances 
So I'm have, I just have recipes I'm gonna try. Those cookies are high fat, low carb. Those cookies aren't. Those are for you. <laughs> I was gonna say. I just had a little I bit. I need of, a recipe. I know. But I did take out half the sugar in those. Those only have half the sugar nice. that regular chocolate chip cookies have. That's good. I'm all about less yeah. sugar. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really good. I don't even miss it. I don't miss that sugar. I don't miss sugar either. <laughs> it's get off sugar. That's what I'm saying. Now, this, this week is going to be good. Um, dream team party. We have our big dream yeah. team party. But we celebrate the people that serve at our church. Yeah, exactly. Um, but other than that, we're just enjoying the days of small things. Don't despise them. No. Yep. There's a lot of joy to be found in those. There are. So the last question is, what person, place, or thing is inspiring you right now? I think right now... The thing that's inspiring me is probably that marathon. There's so much good that comes from, for me, training for those marathons. I'm an introvert, so you know I love my introvert time. But um, I just feel so alive when I'm running. And I feel like every step I'm just squashing the devil's face because I wasn't supposed to be able to run a marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel so alive when I'm running. And... The prospect of getting to run that famous bucket list race, mm-hmm. um, that's inspiring me right now. But it, it's more than just like a bucket list goal or like an athletic stretch goal. It's it's the process. I, I love process. I'm so weird. Like you everybody, <laughs> everybody, I know I really am. Everyone hates process because, you know, we're impatient. And I, you know, at the core, I probably, I'm just so impatient. But the Lord has taught me to love process. Mm-hmm. And it's like some sick thing. No, that I think like, that that's probably enlightenment. Well, yeah, I mean, tr- but truly, like, I love the process. Mm-hmm. And I'm inspired by the process. And if you skip a step, you're not going to be as strong. And if you slack off on what, it's not going to be as good. And the process makes the end result sweeter. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's what I'm inspired by right now is the running process. Mm-hmm. Wow. Deep. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm super grateful that you were willing to share your story. And so thanks for coming on. Um, would you mind just praying for us? Yeah, absolutely. Lord, I thank you that you are a, a good father that you are who you say you are. And Lord, my heart right now is so for the people who might be listening, who are are walking through a physical struggle, Lord, or a long-term illness, um, or walking through a loved one with that. God, I, I know that as you walked with me through that journey, Lord, that you will walk with them. God, I pray that you make your presence known. I bind the enemy and every lie that he throws their direction, Lord. I thank you that they're able to throw up the shield of faith and quench those fiery darts, Lord, and come at the enemy with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And I thank you, Lord, that um, in every moment of their of their race, Lord, in every moment of their journey, um, that you are the sustainer. God, you are Jehovah Jireh, the provider. Um, and you don't leave us alone, God. You, Even when we don't feel your presence, Lord, we know in faith that you are there. Um, and I thank you, Lord, that you go before and behind and with each person listening, Lord. I speak right now to illness and disorder of every kind and declare that in the name of Jesus, it must bow. 
And I thank you, Lord, that uh, no matter our outcome, um, we have victory in you, Lord. And we don't fight for victory, Lord. We fight from victory. God, I thank you that whether here on earth or with you in heaven, we win. And I thank you for the peace that comes with that. Um, But Lord, I thank you for perseverance um, because you've put us here on this earth for our time. And no man or woman knows the days that you've numbered for us, but but Lord, we want to walk them all well. And so Lord, I thank you for perseverance. And God, I thank you for joy. I thank you that even in the middle of our trying journeys that some of us might be on, Lord, I thank you that for the sweet moments of joy, because you are good and you are the Prince of Peace. And so, um, Father, we thank you and we lift your name high, Jesus, and we declare that you are good and you are holy and all of us is all for you. That's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ellen. You're welcome. Thanks so much for listening to my conversation with Ellen. Isn't she amazing? I am so inspired by her pursuit of God in the middle of her illness. She was so exhausted and honestly, at one point, just done with life, but she just leaned on Jesus for everything and trusted Him in every moment. She said that after she laid it all out before the Lord and asked Him to heal her or take her to heaven, she read Psalm 64. And I wanted to tell you what's in that Psalm. King David said, Oh God, listen to my complaint. Protect my life from my enemy's threats. They sharpen their tongues like swords and aim their bitter words like arrows. They shoot from ambush at the innocent, attacking suddenly and fearlessly. But God Himself will shoot them with his arrows, suddenly striking them down. Then everyone will proclaim the mighty acts of God and realize all the amazing things he does. The godly will rejoice in the Lord and find shelter in him. I hope this serves as a reminder for you that whatever way the enemy is coming at you, God can strike him down in a second. Nothing evil can overcome our God who's fighting for you. He will protect you. And when he rescues you like he rescued Ellen, everyone will see how amazing he is. Your life will shout his praise. Ellen's journey is a testimony of God's power, and he is working on your behalf too. Find rest and shelter in him today. Don't forget that I'd love to have you as a guest at Untethered Table. Be sure to message me and let me know if you're interested. There's a link to my Instagram in the show notes. If you loved today's episode, please leave us a great review on iTunes so that others will be able to find the podcast and be encouraged by it. Special thanks to Luke Vogel for mixing and editing this episode and to Adam Wesley for writing this music. That's it for me, y'all. Have a great day and we'll see you next time.